0: When I was 20 years old, I was invited to join an acting class that was being held by a mentor of mine. And this mentor, Yuri Kovic, he actually was my acting teacher in high school and was one of the reasons why I ended up getting an agent and booking um, Underbelly at 16 years old. His mentorship was so important to me that when he invited me to be a part of this like workshop he was doing, I was... Like hell yeah, I'd love to be a part of the workshop, so I rocked up. Little did I know, I was about to meet two of my best friends and creative colleagues in my life and have become uh, creative collaborators with me on projects for almost a decade, which is really, really exciting, it's actually a decade next year. so. I thought, who better to bring onto the podcast than these two incredible women? They're actresses, they're producers, they're writers, they're directors. We've grown up together in many ways as adults and as filmmakers and as actors. These are people I've spoken about uh, before on the podcast because they've been in my films, but now you officially get to meet them. Yes, I'm talking about Karina and Rochelle Bano. Karina Bano and Rochelle Bano are such awesome women. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. out incredible uh, careers for themselves and really have done it in the very indie spunk way of I'm not waiting for anyone to give me the answers I want to do this myself I'm not waiting for anyone to give me permission I'm going after this and as a fact of that they've built such incredible resumes I'll link their IMDb so you can check them out but you're going to get to know them today. And we talk about a few of their projects, specifically one of their first projects underneath their new production company umbrella called Palindrome. This film is called The Party Job. And if you're in LA, there is a screening happening. I'll be there. So I hope you come along. I've got the details down below as well. But let's just dive straight in. Also, I remember that when we were recording this interview, we um, we stopped a couple times and went, oh, can we talk about that because of the strikes? So we've edited some stuff out just like, production names and studio names and stuff like that based on, uh, you know, from productions they've been involved in, which are under the struck, um, under the like struck companies. So if you notice anything that's like odd audio wise, that's why, but I don't think there is anything in there. So there you go. Just a little chef's secret for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm a podcast chef. Um, all right, well dive in, let's do this. I'm really excited for you to hear it and uh, for you to meet these women. Also, just a very fun fact, tomorrow I'm actually opening up the Doors to Indie Spunk Club for free for the very first time, only for two weeks. And I cannot wait for it because we're going to kick it off with a really cool live event happening next week. And if you're listening to this in the future, I may or may not do this again. I'm not sure. But if you're listening to it in real time, hop on it quick. The link's in the show notes. Um, It probably won't be available until The next day, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, the day it comes out, it's not going to be uh, available until Wednesday, but I wanted to let you know first that if you want to be, if you want to hop into Indie Spunk Club for free, you can do so um, only in the next couple weeks so check it out let me know if you have any questions dm me on instagram if you head to my instagram you'll also um be able to see all of those details too anyway that's enough Jabber for me lots of love to you i hope you're having a stellar week and you know i had a really bit of a funky day today that i the day i'm recording this uh i i it's always so funny like talking in <laughs> general times like i have to you know cater for now and also cater for the future um but yeah, I had a kind of a funky day today. I've been in a in a funky headspace, and I had a couple people around me. Thankfully, remind me that you know this is gonna pass. And sometimes that's really annoying to hear because you're like, yeah, but it's it's now. Like I'm in it now. But if that's you and you're in a funky space, give yourself you know a break. Take take a break. Give yourself some slack and go outside. Put your feet on the ground and feel the sunshine. Just remember that everything is gonna be fine. You've gone through bigger. Than this. And I think I'm saying this for myself, but I hope, hope that, you know, hope I'm saying that for someone else as well. I hope that resonates. All right, lots of love. Let's dive in. Let's get inspired with these awesome women Okay, talk soon. Bye. Welcome, Karina and Rochelle
1: Bano,
2: to this podcast. I'm so excited to finally have you on here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel like such a, just speaking about fangirls, I feel like such a fangirl. It's so, you know, I already knew your voice, but now I know it in a t- totally different context. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, to be on Indie Spunk. It's like a Milestone. What? You are now Indie Spunk. <laughs> I, I am no. Indie Spunk. <laughs> yeah, <everybody's> like,
0: <laughs> It is you. It is you. It's like, uh, did you watch Succession? Where Ken? Uh, what's his name? The, um, oh, no, I'm going to spoil Succession. Shiv's husband. Oh, yes. When he stands on stage, it's a very quick scene in, in that. Yeah, Tom in the auditorium scene in Succession where they're like, Kendall did that big performance and they just showed like two seconds of Tom's and he comes out there and he's like, H-E-L is you! H-E-L is
1: you! You're right, that did spoil Succession. Anybody else who watches that? that's it it's ruined
0: it's a great five second clip and if you don't (laughs) if you don't know about it I mean you should watch it (laughs) I guess I want to first introduce everyone to you guys and your background we first met when and all of us are the same age right I think we first met in early 20s like very very early 20s yeah
1: it will your 21st birthday was the first invite I received in a bathroom upon meeting you while washing hands that's true and
0: I'm very very rarely that forward (laughs) <laughs> and I rarely go
1: out. So it was a big risk for both of us.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so we were 21, and then you brought Rochelle as well to my party who I hadn't met yet, and it was, um, I guess it was that, that was the first time that I stood in a room with both of you and went, holy crap, there are two identical beautiful women, like this isn't very <laughs> fair.
2: <laughs> yeah, Karina had drag- Karina insisted I come to your birthday because you were her new obsession. She was like, you have to meet Izzy. I'd heard about you. I felt like I knew you already. And so I was like, well, okay, right. We're going to be friends, I guess, because Karina's obsessed with you, So therefore you're a part of my life as well now. Now um- knowing us all, I
0: think it's obscure that we all decided that that's how we were going to hang out. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I think that it was kind of, we were in Yuri's class, which God love him. He brought so many good things to my life. So true. um, One of which is totally you. Um, And I think that we were just in this open space and I kind of am glad I met you at a time where I was just like, oh, this is this, this is what I need in my life. And I just went towards it. I didn't think really, I didn't question it. And uh yeah, it was like one of the best decisions I've ever made. So cool. And I feel like it's an interesting start to the story
0: for all of us and for my audience as well, because that at that time, we met in an acting class, you were going through film school, Karina, Rochelle, mm-hmm. you weren't going through film school, you're doing acting, and you were pursuing, right, like you were pursuing um, work as an actress, that was right yeah. before you booked such a breakthrough role for yourself as well, that was right before Home and Away, and so we were all in this sort of incubator moment, right, How how, what was that time like for you guys?
2: I, I remember meeting you and being really struck by your you're just such a creative force. And I hadn't, I'd only heard about you in class because Karina was really taken by you. And, um, but I remember meeting you just being like, this girl's got it like she is nothing's and, <laughs> dominant. and I remember Karina immediately like you were in film school and you were working on your web series and immediately like I have to work with Izzy and it was just this thing of like you were just this essence that we wanted to try and be next to in some way and you fed our creative energy and and we just hoped that we could do a little bit um for you as well and I think that was yeah sort of the start of our relationship of us being in this like really young and hungry and mm-hmm. and keen to take that next step. Yeah, yes.
1: Also also I think um you know, Rochelle and I have come to realize that you know, we're identical twins and that's special for other other people for us it's just all we know yeah (laughs) yeah um but as we've as we've gotten older and especially as we've moved into you know we started this company together and we work together and we're collaborating I think we took for granted for a long time the uh, similarities that we have mm. in our approach to things, and uh, how we are so accountable to one another. And mm. if we say we're going to do something, we do it. And meeting someone like you, it felt like you were like a third twin, like a triplet of ours. Like, yeah, she speaks our language, and she's somebody who is not waiting for the phone to ring. And that that just spoke to us. And yeah, we Rochelle and I just. Instantly just, we didn't even, it's not like we talked about it. Like, are we going to let her in? (laughs) Like it was, it was, it was just like, okay, we're doing this. This is now
2: our other being. It was just perfect.
0: Wow. That's so nice. Also from a gal who's like starved for a sister, like whose sister was Dolly magazine. (laughs) Sealed section. Sealed section. Those are the days. This is such (laughs) an Australian episode too. Already. It's like, (laughs) um, so very, very uh, relatable what you're saying, because that's exactly how I felt about both of you, this feeling of not waiting for the phone to ring. You know, we always deal with um, confusion about what's going to happen for our lives, especially in our early twenties. But I think with both of you, there was, of course, like we all have that, but you also had, both of you also always had this like certainty. And I think that has been something that you've always come back to. And I do feel like I look at you both and think, wow, what an incredible team. Because there are plenty of siblings, twins out there that don't have that same compatibility. You guys have something really special and really creative. Both of you are actresses. Both of you are directors. Both of you are producers. You have this company together. You're making work. You're circulating it. You're going out for meetings. And I just, it's something so special when I look at it and I look at how you're able to engage people around you and what you're able to do with your creativity. It just inspires me every day. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited to publicly say that that, you know, these women that I've been able to grow up with, grow into myself with, be supported by and support, have continued to make such an impact on my life and also the life of their audience. So let's start here. What was your gateway drug moment in the industry for both of you? What was the moment where you went, oh, shit, I love this. I'm so in. I want this for my life. I want to pursue a career in this industry, no matter what it looks like. What comes to mind for you?
2: Oh, you know, I've a heard question. this question on your podcast and every time I'm like, God, that's a good question. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> and I've always, you know, you think, what would you answer? And I, I, up until this point, I've never actually really explored it. But you know what? The first moment, um, I don't even know if this is quote, Right, but the one thing that I, that came to mind when you asked that it, it's actually not at the start of my career. It was it was my second, um, my second big job. Um, I I was fortunate enough after I finished on Home and Away, I I uh, I got a job, um, that filmed in Bulgaria, and um, I was on set. And my first day, you know, you always have a bit of nerves on your first day. And I remember standing on set. It was just me in the scene. And it was all these crew were on location, all these crew running around, everyone speaking and yelling in Bulgarian. And I couldn't understand what they were saying. (laughs) But I remember having this calm. And I remember being in that moment so grateful that I'd been on Home and Away and that I'd been on sets when I was little because I was like, I know everything that's going on right now even though they're not speaking english um and there was this thing of like oh i have a place here even when i don't speak the language and i had this calm and i knew my place on the set i knew what that person was doing i knew what that person needed and it was this thing of like oh i can do this there's longevity here because this hasn't rattled me and um i don't need you know my hand doesn't need to be held in this moment and that was sort of this gateway of like okay maybe you can do this Oh, yes. I actually
0: remember, Rochelle, you saying to me early on, you were about to wrap up your time on Home and Away, actually. You said to me, I'm ready. And you said it in the most simple, beautiful, clear way, just egoless. Like, I'm really ready and, and prepared to be number one on the call sheet. Like, I feel like I have the skills to be that person on the set, you trust yourself and you trusting yourself has been a pattern through your life that I think has led you up and up and up and up. And I just, has that always existed in you? I just envy that. I love that about you.
2: Thank you. Um, You know, it's a funny thing. I, I have this thing where whenever I talk about myself growing up, I have this thing where I say when I was 22, I felt like I was that was the first time I developed a personality. I don't really know who I was before I was 22. I don't really know what I liked, what I didn't like, mm. all of that. Um, and I don't know if that coincides with the fact that I was on Home in a way and was sort of thrown into this world and had to figure out a whole lot of stuff. But I do feel like I was always floating mm. for a really long time. However, I always just had this quiet certainty with no information to support it at all that, that I'd, be on set mm. uh, Karina and I we didn't grow up with people in the industry that we didn't really have an example of that either in our family or where we grew up or anything like that but we've had this weird audacity of like yeah that'll happen for us and I don't know why we never really talked about you know being on red carpets and being in huge movies it was just like we're going to be actors and whatever that form was it was just a weird quiet certainty and that's really the only thing I know for those those years where I was, quote, no personality and sort of floating. Um, that's the only thing I know for sure is that mm-hmm. I've had that. And then as I worked and I started to have certainty in, in my skill set and what I could offer a production and and my knowledge gaps and and my curiosity, mm-hmm. that certainty started to grow with the different um with different flourishes of yeah, like, like confidence oh I've yeah absolutely and so yeah there's been a there's been a quiet one from the beginning in terms of certainty and then it's I've just had this your as your confidence goes grows your confirmation of that certainty yes. slowly starts to grow as well oh I love that that's such a beautifully articulate way to put it Karina what was
1: your gateway drug moment I was, I had time, thank you, Rochelle, to think about my answer while you did that. Uh, (laughs) I think that, uh, you know, Rochelle and I being identical twins, one of the pros, but also I guess cons is that our expectations for intimacy and uh, our relationships in general are quite high, just naturally, you know, we were Mm. connected in the womb together. We weren't separated at birth. Um, like in a twinny way, but like we were, we <laughs> we shared a space. We were in each other's pockets, twenty four seven. You know, being girls growing up, experiencing the same things. You know, that can make or break a relationship. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of twins that we knew in school who it didn't. It, it caused them to be um, more competitive with one another, or just you know they had their own individual friends, which ideally you should you shouldn't share everything but I felt that you know that expectation that we had of one another and that teamwork that we had with one another where we could just look at each other across the other side of the room know exactly what one another is thinking and be able to tend to the other person both personally and creatively and as we got you know as we were younger we were about 8 or 9 and what when we first started on sets and we would work together um either as stand-ins or we would work together because hiring the both of us instead of just one one young girl for a role was easier for the crew because we'd entertain one another and we'd come to life and i think that that feeling was almost replicated when you're on set and you just look at the cameraman or the camera person and you have an understanding of like, how can I help you here? And that feeling of being a part of a team is just so seductive. And I've played sports before. I I gave dancing a good crack for a little period of time in my life, but nothing compares to that feeling where you get to the end of a take and you just nod across the other side of the room in acknowledgement that you guys got that one together you you were in sync with somebody else and that feeling is just addictive I just you know maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's my people pleaser nature coming out but I love helping and I love understanding what somebody needs and rising to the occasion and figuring it out together and problem solving and Rochelle and I just instinctively get to do that and we have such a shorthand but on a set as an actor or even as in my time um, being a crew member that feeling is what I'm doing it for just that collaboration that problem solving and you know getting it done and knowing that you did everything you possibly could and that you guys had a had a way of flow throughout the day. I definitely can remember times on um, Barons. Uh, which was somewhat recently, and then earlier, Rochelle and I worked on a, um, a series of films. And one of our um, cinematographer then turned director for one of the films, David. He was just so in tune with us as um, actors, but also just as people. And he was so open to what we had to offer and would give us just just the slightest indication of what he'd need. And it would, it would just, it felt, felt like a dance and it was so enjoyable. But I know that younger, um, Rochelle and I often on sets would be able to just look at each other and go, okay, this is what they're asking and whatnot. And so I think personally, Rochelle and I probably shared that together on sets It wasn't necessarily, you know, because we were, we were kids. It probably wasn't as uh, verbally communicated in that way with the crew. But I think Michelle and I could walk away from sets feeling confident that we, we, we did the job that we were asked to do. And I think it's only now as an adult that I look back and go, oh, that's probably a lot of responsibility. Like there were commercials that we were doing that were, you know, million dollar campaigns and things like that, that if I'd known that, if I'd known the stakes there, it probably would have been really debilitating, but we just got to sit in the play and figure out how to make this little story or character come to life. And so those feelings with Rochelle and I, as, uh, when we were younger has now translated, I think, as we've branched off and had our own independent careers into the crew and those families that you make in the short period of time that you get to be on set. So, identical twins
0: grew up together working on sets as actresses moved into making your own work making your own films now you know and you've been in some incredible projects that have circulated internationally and you definitely both have an independent following for your art for your creations um for your you know uh roles as actresses and for your particular projects so now all these years later you know with palindrome and your new production company how do you decide or communicate around like uh, this is just me being so curious how do you communicate around what you like to do on any particular project whose turn it is for a particular you know creative role or you know how does that work how does that look I'm so interested
2: I'd say it's fairly instinctual um just to use the party job as an example um you know That was something that I came across a, a, a real life story that in, inspired me. It was absurd and I literally said to the person, this is a short film, this is so ridiculous, you couldn't write this. And then I decided I would. And I then was in a rush of creativity, wrote it, and at no point did Corinne be like, oh, I don't think this is worth pursuing. She was very supportive. And then it just... I don't know then it she was just always along for the ride in any capacity that I needed whether that was a parcel the script or anything like that and then somewhere along the way I just assumed that you would be the lead I didn't realize I'd written it for you but I was like oh obviously it's you and <laughs> we and it was only like the night before we started filming she was like we haven't really discussed you know you wanting me to like if you have faith that I'll be and I was like oh no like I've never even, you're not someone I need to worry about. Yeah. And then um, any any pro- projects that come up, I think it's, it really yeah. is a timing thing of, you know, if something strikes our fancy and you go down that rabbit hole, I'll support you and I'm happy to produce, or if you want me to co-write or if you need someone to bounce ideas around. As, as far as I know, Karina, there's no real, we don't have like a strict process. It's very instinctual.
1: Yeah. I think that Rochelle and I aren't necessarily we don't identify as like writers for hire. Like we we really will only sort of approach something if we absolutely are compelled to put it down. And I, that's how I have been with um, certain series that I'm writing. It was something initially started as a feature film and it was just something that I could not like get out of my head. I, I needed to, in order to get it out of my head, I just needed to start the draft and just put it on paper. And, you know, both you, Izzy, and, and Rochelle were just people who I could just come to and go, am I crazy? Is this, is this real? Is this like actually a story or is this nonsense? And, you know, Rochelle and I have that relationship where she's like, I've got this idea or I've read this article, or, I've got this book that maybe I'd like to adapt or, and it's very organic. There's, we're not actively going. Okay, I've written one. Now you write one. Um, and, and some of them are just we, we have concepts and we have some great relationships with some writers who we come up with perhaps a um, an outline for or uh, maybe a pitch deck or something like that. And then we have commissioned writer a writer before to come on board and it's we weren't compelled to write the script for it. It was we were mostly passionate about producing that particular concept. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a case by case and I do feel like when you're writing something, at least when I feel like when I'm writing something, I need to be able to return back to it each and every time and still be in love with it and that's just not always the case for me. I have started some things and then put them down and I, I do find that usually those sorts of ideas incorporate themselves in the future into something else. Maybe that wasn't the way in which to execute it the first time. But yeah, we're, we're not necessarily, um, you know, I'm not, was it Dan Brown, Rochelle, who's, you know, gets up every day at 5am and writes hundred pages, no matter what and that, that's just not our, that's just not our style, you know, and we're, we're pretty um, flexible with one another while still being quite, uh, ambitious with our deadlines and, being accountable and saying, okay, great. I'm going to have that to you by this, this time next week. Great. I'll have the notes to you by Friday or whatever. And we're very structured in that capacity, but the actual projects that we take on, it's very much what speaks to us. And we just follow that.
0: There is this real trust that both of you seem to have with each other, but also with yourselves that I think is evident in the amount of you know, the sheer volume of work that you've been able to create and put out over the years, um, which I I just think is so important to point to for everyone listening, because the only way I, I believe that we're able to actually create a body of work is not by having all the funding in the world and not by knowing every single person we need to know, but it's by trusting. And it's by trusting that you know, you know what you want to do. You have trust in yourself, even if you're not, don't have all of the evidence yet, as you said before, Rochelle, like even if you don't have all the evidence that it's going to work, you, you have a quiet knowing you have a trust that your voice, your, your, your tone, your story, your, the way that you want to approach a particular piece of material, like it is instinctual, but it's also, it's just
2: like, there's that real trust. Do you feel that in yourselves? Do you see that? Yes, I, I I definitely see it, and I think the the more that Karina and I have worked together and really, uh, really been solid in okay, we're going to do this together, as opposed to a few years ago where I'd be like, I got an idea, and Karina would be like, cool, write it, and it wouldn't be really a structured thing. Whereas now it's it's much more, um, we we know what we're we're pursuing. Um, but I think the party job is a great example of that, of in the sense that um. I had my trust really wobble with that. I wrote it two years before we made it, and I had such a great response once I put it down on paper. My team was so supportive, and I was—they were helping me try and seek a, a producer to um, take me under their wing. And I really wanted to learn how something went, uh, well, it was how something was made from the ground up, industry standard. I just wanted to see all those things. I'd had enough exposure on set on Home and Away to see what pre looked like when it had been done well and what it had been done poorly, but I hadn't seen the before and after that stage. And so I was really keen to to, to build that knowledge. It was really hard to tie someone down and, and uh, people are flaky, but then also it's not their baby. So it's not everyone's priority. And I put it down and I probably put it down for about a year or maybe 18 months. Mm-hmm. And I was on my way home to Australia. I live in the UK and um I was on my way home to help Karina with a project actually and I was in quarantine in the Northern Territory and I remember being on the phone to her and she said to me those were the days (laughs) that was my fourth quarantine nailed it my favorite quarantine um of all
1: the quarantines that was my fave
2: (laughs) (laughs) it really was Darwin nailed it anyway um I remember being in my little Darwin hut and Karina, I was speaking to her about her project that we were looking to get up. And she said, have you thought about while you're here, we could do the party job. It's, it's obvious. It's one location. And I said, Karina, no one, I don't, I don't think that one's going to go. I don't think no one, anyone wants that. We've tried. I'm willing to just put it down. And she said, just pick it up and read it again. And let me know. And I read it and I called her and I was like, okay, you're right. We're going to make it. And Can you say that again? (laughs) (laughs) And and I think the benefit, which I know is such a gift that we have, is that when one of us has a wobble in our trust, um, the other one's there to go. You're right. Like I trust you, and and where I I we do have this inherent trust one in one another, but then we can also support the other when when you do get those natural wobbles, which happen frequently and um yeah that's been a real lesson of like oh I know my place is not just to forge forward for my own stuff but to be there when Karina doesn't believe in herself um I tell her that she's crazy to not believe in herself you know
0: I love that so deeply it it always appears to me from the outside even though I'm actually not on the outside if you heard everyone I'm my
1: we've welcomed you to our room
0: (laughs) (laughs) from the outside I I guess it's so funny I'm like framing it in my head now it feels like this podcast episode is basically a big ad as to why everyone should out should go and like be a twin because (laughs) I feel like you have this superpower and it almost has it always has seemed to me that you have you have a relationship with your higher self in the other person. The other person knows you in your best, knows you in your, you know, in your most desperate. Like it knows, you know, you know each other that way. And so to have another person say, hey, you've got this, like you can trust yourself. I got you, like, this is good. This is working. It's so special. I frequently have this thought in my head of what would the twins do? We actually say this in, um, David and I say this, to each other oh. <laughs> he laughs at me because I'm always like oh the, the twins they have their f-. He, he's like what do you say about the twins they have their finger on the pulse I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah <gasps> the, finger the, pulse. Is- the finger on the pulse they've got the finger
2: oh I love that I would I would never it. have said that about us but I would take it
1: <laughs> yeah I was, honestly I it, I it's it's, it's, it's just that we had uh fallen into having a collaborator like mm. yes obviously the 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 planets had to align for us to actually collaborate well together and want yeah. to collaborate with one another but i think that relationship is so important to find somebody who you can share things with be vulnerable with be find the courage to be like i know this is so early in its stage but can you see any a kernel of the idea can you see anything in here and getting because it's a very it's a very isolating industry you know when I was talking about the, the the teamwork and that that seductive feeling you get when you're collaborating with someone but that unfortunately takes time to discover and that takes time to sometimes get permission to be able to do and so allowing yourself to have somebody in your life who you can open up to you and whether it is if you're an actor and you're self-taping with somebody or you're just putting down scenes or if you're in a class like how we met you know you're being you're being vulnerable and you're trying and you're failing and you're picking yourself back up again and that is with somebody and it it, it can be isolating but I think you have to find a way in the in-between to feel connected to something outside of yourself to make you feel like you're not going crazy and that you have something worthwhile to offer. Cause there are days where, you know, I'm by myself and I'm like, well, no wonder nobody wants to make this, you know? And it's very easy to, <laughs> it's very easy to talk yourself out of, of making uh, something risky mm-hmm. and the fear of mediocrity is so powerful, but pushing through that and, your, your support circle, which is often Rochelle and often easy, somebody who's going to say, no, you, you have something to offer, here. trust your voice and push through. And I just owe everything to, I took it for granted for a long time, but now it's just, I, t- I try to tell everyone I can just find the person that you trust, that you can share absolutely everything with, and they can tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, and you know, there's no fear
0: so beautifully well put coming back to the party job uh you mentioned that you wrote it and then it took you about two years I remember this I remember you first sent it to me when you had written the very first draft of it and I was like I love this like this is so good this is so funny and so real and heartbreaking and um and then coming back to it two years later I always feel like there's such a serendipity that sometimes we can only see in hindsight as to the timing of when we make projects or the time that it actually ends up happening. And I think it's uh, it's indicative of usually where we're at when we get to make it that helps us uh, come to it with some authenticity, some real life, you know, you could have made that film at any time, but you chose to make it at that moment what was going through, because that was the very first time you'd directed, right? Like that, that was your, this is your directing debut. And it, it was is. also the same time that you formed Palindrome, right? Like it was really around the same time, right, Rochelle?
2: That's right. Yeah. So um, I think you're right in terms of timing. I think if I had had a producer take me under their wing in the the early years of me having written it, I think it would have gotten made. And I, I don't, I don't know how different it would have been. It probably would have been different, but I think I probably would have gone into that really deferring to this higher power that was sharing wisdom, but I probably would have been quite intimidated. I think a uh, a benefit for it being at the timing that it was, was, as I said, I was in quarantine. Uh, COVID had hit uh, very hard. It was We are in the thick of it. I had been... Um, you know, living in the red zone in in UK and work was was few and far between. And I'd tried to come home earlier in the year and got turned away at the airport and it was this horrible uh, brick wall after brick wall. And I remember being on the phone to Karina, I was crying, I was in Covent Garden in London being like, I just want to play. I just want to, you know, work and we've got something here. And this was, we were talking about a project of Karina's at the time. And I said, if you ever want any help, like I would get on a plane. And she said, I think I do want to do this. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll try and come out. And I, when I was in quarantine and she said, pick up, pick up the script. We had this moment where we were like, fuck it. We're going to make this ourselves. We're not going to wait for people to give us permission. We're not going to wait for people to give us money. We're not going to wait for a door to be opened that you need, there's a prerequisite of knowledge before you go through that door. And the frustration of the gatekeeping of, um, of being intimidated for, with no reason, we'd spent enough time on sets that we knew how a set should run and, and really looking at each other and giving each other a real nudge. And so we went into this with, with a lot of force of like, we're going to do this. we had a lot of audacity and doing that, um, we then started to take note of, well, you've written that thing and we've got that, that project that we've slowly been developing together. And you, you and you and Izzy, Karina, had been developing something down the line. And we, we were like, you know what? We should, we should probably put this under an umbrella. We've actually been creating for a long time. This, this could be the birth of our company. This could debut it, but let's go out with the bang of like, we don't need anyone's help. We're going to collaborate with people we really care about. And and debut our company of saying this is what we can do on our own. Imagine what we could do if people came in, uh, alongside us with these other projects. And and it was really a we we had a lot of attitude going into it.
0: <laughs> that's so great, and that's definitely uh, very much articulating the principles of maybe spunk, right? Like the you trust yourself and. you you yourself can open that door and it's actually almost you know it's challenging but it's almost better and funner and more fulfilling to do it that way and to bet on yourself and to say I don't need anyone else to choose me and I love that because it's also speaks so I don't know there's an alignment with the actual film as well with what you're talking about so tell us about the film tell us a little bit
2: about the party job Karina, would you like to talk about The Party Job?
1: I would love to. Thank you. Um, I will. The Party Job is a dark comedy uh, that centres around my character, Molly, as she arrives at a videography gig where she meets her uh, videography partner, Uh, in the team, Ben, and she doesn't really understand. She thinks it's a kid's party, she thinks it's a birthday party. And slowly but surely the film reveals that it's a much more absurd reason uh, and just chaos ensues. And we were very uh, inspired after working a few years ago. Rochelle and I um, were actors in Alyssa McClellan's short film Second Best and her effortless tone, uh, the dark dark comedy tone is so well done in that with the colour palette and her casting and cinematography and all of that language that she put to use in that short film, which is available, I believe, on Omelette now. It's on it's on Vimeo. So if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. It's just so fun. Um, we were really inspired by her ability to translate an Australian Australian humor internationally it did quite well um, internationally and we feel we, we, we wanted to be able to tackle a somewhat um, serious serious topic of mental health that the the our short film the Party Job uh, takes on but do it in a way that is approachable and relatable and speaks to a wider audience because I think, that ultimately it's not the cure but that is the relief i think in understanding that you share this connection with so many people and that you're not alone in in it and that message of the film ultimately was this saving grace as well even in our casting process it brought out so many beautiful conversations that Rochelle got to have with all of the the cast and crew and everyone you know we were doing auditions over zoom and all our production meetings were over zoom people only really met for the first time on set but it felt like we had developed or at least Rochelle Rochelle had developed this shorthand with all of these people and everyone was, arrived making the same movie and That was such an accomplishment to, you know, you've got two days of filming and everyone shows up and there there's no there's no questions that need to be asked anymore. It's it's we understand exactly everyone's intention and how to play each moment. And it just felt very fluid and Rochelle had done such a great job in prep. So by the time that we actually got there, it was we just got to enjoy it and sit in the moment and bring that baby to life.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so juicy. What do you feel? Are some of the key things that you did in prep to really have that happen i love everyone arrived making the same movie that is so Mm. desirable for all of us how did that happen
2: the uh, the aspect of everyone making the same movie was super important to me and super important to both of us as we went into this venture we being being you know a lot of the energy when you're on set comes from the top down and that comes from production um and we really wanted to foster an environment I really wanted to go into this with no dumb questions. I wanted to go in and put my hands up and say, I've never directed. I've never actually made something from the ground up. There are going to be things that I don't know. And I'm willing to come to the table with that vulnerability. And I expected that of everyone else. And uh, when I, I think the only quote benefit of having the the lockdown that we walked into um, in Sydney that year was that it, Pushed us back a couple of months, which meant we had more time. Okay, yeah. and so I was very. The reason why I directed the party job was because it's the only thing I've ever written or read that I was. It was just so clear in my mind what was supposed to be on the screen, and I didn't know how to articulate that other than, well, I, I guess I have to direct it. I didn't have the the language. Um, I'd never thought of myself as being a director, but but it was something that just felt natural, and um, I was so familiar with the the script, and it had been it had been a part of so much dialogue with with you, Karina and I, and with my team, and, and with people like yourself, Izzy, in my life. That it just felt like second nature to talk about it and then once i started getting people involved there's this thing like oh gosh i hope they like it and i hope that they resonate with it or hope they think it's funny because it's a comedy at the end of the day and we had such a warm response i mean since since day one lee pickford who was our beautiful casting director was so supportive of the short to the point where when I'd put it down over the fuse he checked in with me and wanted to make sure that I was, I was still interested in making it and, and the second that I wanted to he came on board and when he started approaching cast I was so surprised um, by how many people responded to the material you just never know if your words are going to resonate with people and I expected to to get on calls with actors or filmmakers that were coming on board to talk about technical things or talk about their CVs or, and everyone came on with their own, their own story of anxiety. Yeah, um, And I was so taken aback um, to the point where we have a wonderful um, Ezekiel who plays Ken's in the film. Um, we had a, we had a lot of young boys um, audition for it. And when I opened The link and saw I think it was like 15 self-tapes of of little boys I burst into tears (laughs) because these I know what work it takes to to put a self-tape together and having to ask someone to read with you and a lot of these people had their parents and 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 these people that came to it with such maturity and such vulnerability so then that just blew the gates wide open of of Mm. what the film was because there was no one who was skirting around the issue and um everyone knew what was the most important thing. And it was that we approached this with an open heart. We approach it with a, you laugh so you don't cry attitude because that's what this is. And and that vulnerability and kindness is key. And that meant that there was no mean spiritedness in the comedy. And I, I really worked hard with our beautiful um, director of photography, Bugsy, Brendan Barnes, um, and I was nervous about that collaboration because I, I had seen on set when that relationship had been uh, so natural and when there had been miscommunication. And I was nervous that I wouldn't be able to step up to that. Um, and he was incredible. And, and whenever I had a question, he filled that knowledge gap with such uh, generosity that I just wasn't intimidated by him. And he worked with me. I had a very clear um storyboards i storyboarded everything and we worked together and he helped e- everything was an open dialogue there was no i don't feel like we wanted to encourage you know a hierarchy on set and that meant that everyone came on and knew their roles and you know you're making a, an independent short film you know actors are helping move furniture around and there's no fancy dressing rooms and everyone went on understanding That we were a lucky to be on set because it was during lockdown and B we all had the opportunity to play on this fun little short that we hoped would make people laugh and then just like hit them in the in the heart with some real sentimentality
0: (laughs) yeah in the like gut hearts I actually think it does it does it's not surprising that so many people resonate resonated with the script, and I certainly did when I read it too. And and so many people have since seeing the film have articulated that to you both as well. Um I think it does something really well. It's it's very internationally accessible and it also truly expresses the Australian sense of humor of like oh you know life's life's bloody hard but you'll be right like we'll be fine and and i think that also it's you know that is a very australian way of looking at things but also it's you both like you both have this fucking hilarious sense of humor that i think is not always i don't think it's the first thing people notice like i don't think it's the first thing Right. The first thing people notice is, wow, you guys are incredible, artistic, beautiful, talented, very ambitious, very serious about what your job is. And like you're very professional, like all of that comes across and then you get to know you and you spend a little bit more time with you. And you just like, I mean, I cry and in stitches most times I talk to you because you're so funny. And I think (laughs) this script does that really well. It marries both of those things that like the seriousness and heartbreak of life. And the the ability to also laugh at it—it's so mm. special. And I know that uh, it's it's playing soon in LA. Is that right?
1: Yes, it's playing at the Lady Filmmakers Film Festival. Uh, that is screening in LA. I think it's in um, Beverly Hills. Uh, the theaters in Beverly Hills. It's playing on the twenty seventh of september at 6 15 which is pretty cool it's it's been a really fun festival actually to be a part of i think that the the communication first of all has been awesome the festival circuit has been a whole other marathon of learning you know i went to film school and i've made a bunch of stuff no no and uh this particular one has been Really, really lovely. There's been such a great community that they've brought on. There's a lot of. um, I think that their their messaging is um, celebrating um, female filmmaking and the men who support them. So Mm -hmm. it's it's quite inclusive. It's really uh, a wide range of uh, genres of films and their shorts. I think there's a couple of features as well that are also included in the festival. But they had a nice little uh, meet and greet with on zoom with some of the festival directors and whatnot for Rochelle to participate in. And yeah, we're, we're bummed that we can't quite make it in time. It just doesn't align with our schedules. Rochelle and I were in LA earlier in the year. We drove to Phoenix for a Phoenix film festival, which was really exciting, but this, this time, unfortunately, we can't go, but you're in LA. I
0: am. I'll be there. I'll be in the audience. Be like, whoa, party job. (laughs) (laughs) how is the I mean I know it's such a journey I think festivals are their own project their own sort of beast to approach and it's always a new adventure because you don't make the same film twice how has this journey been I know you've come out of this so far and the journey is continuing you guys have you, you know you're still rolling on through with festivals but you've already won some incredible awards and some really amazing recognition. What's that been like, Rochelle?
1: It's your first film.
2: It's been really touching and really encouraging to see the film resonate with audiences that we we had hoped to resonate with and some we just really didn't expect to and sort of submitted on a whim. Uh, The film festival process has been a real education i think we have um it's been really challenging and again i think a gift that we have each other because there were times where i called karina and was just frazzled because film festival entries that role is a job in itself if you have if you have a you know studio production a feature film someone is hired just for that and so the fact that we have i mean I, i asked for the ground up and I got the full treatment because uh learning about film festival entries I'm I'm very grateful for the the knowledge but it can be the wild west out there and Mm. um you know sometimes Karina went to our first uh we we debuted at the Sitterfest film festival in Perth and Karina went by herself and I live on the other side of the world and and walking into an environment like that where you haven't been before it can be quite overwhelming but we've been welcomed with open arms and and everywhere we've been we've been treated so well and it's been such a great opportunity to to meet and observe the work of 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 peers in in those festivals um and we have really been um quite overwhelmed with the response from audience members again i'm on the other side of the world karina was at um the st kilda film festival and i woke up to a message from a, uh, from a stranger who had seen it and found me be- online and, and wrote to me about the film and how it had resonated with them and was really encouraging about what we were gonna do next. And I think you always forget that people uh, might, might be similar to you in the sense that I was so surprised when people resonated with my work because it just seemed like something, you know, my little brain concocted and Karina got it and you got it because you guys know me so well, but you're like, oh, well, maybe my work does resonate with people. and then to think that then on this, people sit in an audience and and consume it and and walk away getting all of the all of the little little details that we put down. It's actually not just for us. Um, it's it's been it's been really encouraging and and very heartwarming. i i I can't imagine starting our company and this journey with any other project because it's been. It's been one of a lot of lessons, but I just have so much gratitude for everything that's come with it.
0: So cool. Anything to add, Karina?
2: Yeah. I I was
1: just thinking about, you know, the festival process is such a terrifying thing when you've you finished the film, you've locked it off, you're sending out all of these submissions to the film festivals and you know you have no idea if you've sent out 10 you might get one back you know you have it's like auditioning you kind of grow to accept it but it's your baby you know especially Rochelle and I this is something that we were we wanted to establish as like a calling card for our company so it was a little bit of pressure there and it was a little bit scary for a while when we got that first Cinefest one uh, come through the acceptance we just leapt up in the air and were hugging one another we were like we did it, you know, and that yeah. one, that one Laurel and that one screening meant the world. But I think that I would love to talk about, I'm not sure how familiar you are, Izzy, with, with this, but Rochelle and I, um, maybe it was naivety or, 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 or just lack of experience, but we went into the submission process, not realizing that there, I don't know if it's post COVID or not, because things have transitioned to online, but there's there's a little bit of predatory behavior oh, out yeah. there with um, film festival submissions um, where they take advantage of independent filmmakers such as ourselves and advertise, you know, anyone can pay for a domain. Anyone can say that their festival has been running for 15 years and just Google stock images of audiences and crowds. And that, um, that was a hard lesson to learn because mm. you feel like you've been duped and we didn't happen all that much, but we had we had to really come back to our list of things and go back and check back and forth and look for red flags and whatnot. And it, it, it has, you know, prepared us a little bit more moving forward. We are coming to the end of our circuit now and We're excited for eventually to find its home online and it's been a great, great learning curve and it's taken us as well as the film all over the world. So that's been thrilling. But I think it was also a really hard but necessary lesson to go like, oh, just because you have the best intentions doesn't mean that the industry uh, has the safety net for you Mm -hmm. to protect yourself as well. You kind of have to build up that armor and unfortunately become a little bit, not cynical, but Uh, question, question intentions of institutions and prepare yourself that perhaps, you know, perhaps, no, you you trusted somebody and you shouldn't have.
0: Mm, So true. So very, very true. To hear you both talk about this process as something that has grown you as artists. I think it's easy to want to just quickly go through the process and have it done, but to to take the lessons to take stock to really consider like where are we going with this what do we want with this what do you, what would your ideal scenario be for, for you know your next step or your next project or this project
2: like what is sort of the the goal right now something that we've talked about a lot recently we, we've got a number of very different projects uh on our slate that we've been developing for a while some in the television space some in the feature film space And at the moment, um, similar to my acting career, I've never been overly prescriptive about what I want to do. I've never had, I want to play a character who is blah, 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 or, you know, I've never, I've never been overly specific like that. What I'm really seeking is, is, uh, challenges and, and growth opportunities and the whole, ethos of our business is to create that for ourselves mm. and we have such a range of projects we have a few that are a bit further along in the development process than others some that are aren't too far away from getting up and going and so really it's a, it's a thing of like great let's grab this next challenge by by the horns and 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 see where it takes us because the next one is going to be a lot bigger than the party job and we're mm. uh, similar to what you said about how I I've been clear that I wanted to take that step and be the lead in something. We're ready to to helm something that's bigger and and more challenging. And again, no dumb questions. I really want to maintain that mm. because perfectionism has got me nowhere mm. at the moment. My goal with when writing, my first goal is mediocrity. I just if I can write yeah, a mediocre it, yeah. script then then I know that I can improve it but if I if I aim to write a perfect script I will never finish it I just won't We might not even start exactly Mm. and it's it's something that that held me back for a really long time Mm. and I think that when we made the party job we knew it wasn't going to be a perfect film we knew it wasn't going to save the world but we wanted to make something that meant something to our hearts and made us laugh and was something that we loved watching And we were really proud of collaborating with people. And I just want to take that forward into every opportunity that we create for ourselves moving forward of let's do this. It's not going to be perfect, but I just want to keep growing and learning and and our project being so different will give us an opportunity to grow in so many different spaces and be challenged. Mm,
0: That is so good. You said something you said, um, I've never been prescriptive about what I do want but I know this is what I know for sure about you, Rochelle. What I love, what you have taught me through me watching you be this way, and both of you are actually really like this. Um, you don't. You, you might not know exactly what you want, but you certainly know what you don't want, and that mm. is powerful. That is so powerful to know, you know, where your boundaries are to know what it is that you don't want to explore because it's just not important to you. It's really important for you to leave this open for the other things that you do want to explore. You taught me that you taught me that over many years of just seeing you say, well, no, I just didn't, you know, it would happen a lot with tapes. You'd say, well, that's not a character that resonates with me. And I don't feel bad saying no, because it's just not, it's just not worth my time. And mm-hmm. I would always look at you and be like, that's amazing. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it one day. I would say, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it, because it always worked so beautifully for you because you just energetically presented. No, that's not quite right for me. And what this over here is right for me. Um, I love, I love that about you. I love that about both of you. And what is cool is that. I first of all can't believe that this is the first time we're actually doing this on the podcast. This, <laughs> I feel like, should have been done so
2: long ago. Hopefully um, the first it, of many.
0: That's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like this is the first <laughs> of many, many conversations that we'll have together and bring you back many times and talk about the trajectory. And this can almost be like a like a little capsule of, you know, time capsule of your growth. Yeah. There's, there's so much coming from both of you and I can't wait to make something with you guys again mm-hmm. um, Yes, I know please. I've mentioned this many times on the podcast but you know you both brought such an elevation to my short film phenomena and <laughs> just brought it to life and I always laugh when I talk about it because I wrote that project for me to act in and direct yeah. and do you remember me talking about I was like oh i have oh Oh, I've written a character that interacts with herself and (laughs) this on a micro budget. I don't know anything about visual effects and I want to direct it. Like I'm insane. And I went, Oh, hold on. I've written myself out of it, but two of my best friends happen to look the exact same and they're incredibly talented actresses and, um, partnering with you both on that and having you be on that team was one of the most cherished creative memories of my life as as challenging as it was being
2: on on the set I mean obviously seeing all of the projects that you you've worked on on um and I mean Indie Spunk as well to see where Indie Spunk has gone has been so impressive I remember being in Canada and you calling us and being like I'm thinking of doing this thing (laughs) and just being like that Makes total sense. And then to see where that community that you fostered has come to is just I think incredible. that it maybe
0: didn't make sense in the beginning, too. I'm pretty sure that I was like, I think I'm going to start a business helping them. It was like, okay. We're like, where are you going? But, you had, everyone always, but like
2: everyone.
1: <laughs> you had always been that person for us. You had always been the person, like, creatively coaching us essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think you had labeled it that at that point, but we just had so much trust in your ability to zoom out and allow us to refocus on the purpose of what we were seeking to do with any particular project to be able to see, see the flaws and where the cracks were and be able to strengthen them. And your guidance was always something that we always have sought out continuously. So it, totally made sense sense to us when you came to us and we're like I think I'm gonna do this thing and we were like of course you are
2: <laughs> but also I think a really um, important part of people having certainty or confidence in moving forward in an industry that just there is no set path is representation and I think seeing people that you admire one of the key ingredients that I know of any type of success whatever that might mean to you but place in this industry is that I've witnessed is perseverance and seeing um seeing uh, seeing people like working on set with Alyssa McColland and seeing her do what she does and being being on sets with people that I admire and seeing how they operate the idea that people can function in this industry has been such a lesson for me and being like this is possible and being on set with you uh, on phenomena and seeing you take on so many different hats whether it be on set or in post as well and and the lesson that you got from that and being able to to voice the lesson because not everyone can do that and you being able to have so much introspection about that experience and to then package it and share it that wisdom with people I, I have so much respect for for your perseverance for your your certainty and for your your wisdom because it's it's given me confidence as well to have a peer in this.
1: That is something as well that we have really focused on in the last probably 6 months is having the courage to reach out to people that we admire and set general meetings with them ask them you know the, the no dumb questions that no no dumb questions policy that we had with the party job is something that we have brought we're not we're not pretending that you know we're experts by any means we haven't done it at the level that we're striving to do so so let's go and speak to the people who have had that experience and learn from them and have them take us under their wing if if they'll allow it and be able to better our work moving forward yes i
0: truly truly uh, align with that, this feeling of, which is always, which, you know, w- was what made me nervous at the beginning of my business, truthfully, because I I certainly haven't done everything in, the, in that I want to do in the world and in, in the industry. And I certainly haven't achieved at the level that I believe I need to have achieved in order to, you know, share knowledge with the world. But I also feel like the people that we need to learn from are just a few steps ahead of us. They're not the people that have been in the industry for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, They're the people that are in touch with that, that next level, that next step. And if, if, which is, I think, you know, we all, we all saw ourselves in each other. And I think that's what created this like very strong friendship. All of us saw this, this, like, we're all really creative. We're all really ambitious. We're all really supportive. And, if we can bring that to a container and a community that can access that experience, that feeling and see what their next couple of steps are, we can feel less alone. Cause I think that was something that we always talked about of where are where where are the answers? Like where do we go for the answers? We don't need someone who's, you know, won 12 Oscars and been in the industry forever to tell us because they're probably not going to know the answer truthfully um Mm. they're probably going to know other answers and we would like to know those too actually but we're we're you know we're really needing to find support in in the immediate future for ourselves um and you know being being along the ride with you guys and seeing all that you've created and just how much you back yourself and how much you move forward and continue to grow and evolve and ask questions it is such an inspiration I'm so excited for more people to get to know your work and to see you as you know you've both had such wonderful careers so far and growing as actresses and also to see it's for everyone to see your your you know, your truth through film form and you as both directors and producers and writers. What uh, what do you want to leave? I feel like, Karina, that was a really beautiful uh, little nugget of wisdom, but I want to ask you, you know, wh- what what would you like to leave us with in terms of a little nugget of guidance or a little nugget of inspiration or a little nugget to just keep us feeling like, okay, we got this.
1: I think the biggest lesson that I have tried to share with people lately is doing the scary thing and sharing your work with people mm. letting letting people in on your experience and just getting fresh eyes on something because you just have no idea how your audience is going to take something in and I encourage you to make something that you want to see, something for you, but also at the end of the day, hopefully there's an audience out there waiting who are gonna take it in. So let's let them in the, in the process and see what's translating. And it's it's really good to build up your um, thick skin um, because it gets scarier and scarier the, the more the stakes are rising for the project. But in those early stages, That's the fun part because it doesn't matter what you write on the page. It doesn't matter what you delete. At at that stage, it's only you who's going to see it. So you may as well have a little bit of guidance and have, it also is a good way to build up some confidence towards striving and going through and completing the thing. So it's, it's easy to get an idea. It's hard to finish it and getting to the end of that, that is an accomplishment. You need to pay yourself on the back for that.
0: Hell yeah. I love that. I love the idea of allowing yourself to be flawed in a way that other people can see it and witness it and hold space for it, because that was something that I learned really early uh, after film school. I had made my thesis and then it took me two years to share it. As you guys know, I mean, I never like went, hey, everyone, like watch my film. I was really embarrassed about it. And then I realized, I was saying this the other day um, to a, a colleague of mine that what i liked doing was going back through the repertoire of filmmakers i respected and seeing their roots and seeing where they've come from and seeing you know what how they've evolved and developed and uh and i'm so grateful that they allowed me to do that by can by sharing their work as as imperfect and flawed and different as, as it was or as you know, maybe sometimes shambolic and like my first film, Placidil, about the woman with the triangle for head, certainly a little shambolic, a little different. <laughs> you were in that too, which is so funny. I'm going to put you in all my films. <laughs> I'll um, be there. You guys are my good luck charms. Yeah, so, yeah, I think allowing ourselves to be public and flawed is its own strength and we don't want to do it. We feel like everyone's going to laugh at us, but the truth is no one has time or care. Like if they have, if they're laughing at you, that's actually go, good. Like, you know, if, they're, if they have time and, and energy to, to do that, um, then you're probably make, make, being effective in some way. And we can't shy too far from, from having an effect. And no matter what that is, I think that's certainly our job as creative. So yeah, I love that sentiment.
2: I, I would probably somewhat jump on on that point of, that I've really noticed over the last few years, something Karina and I always come back to when we either hit a hit a, a brick wall with you know trying to get a meeting or trying to pitch something or even just trying to get someone to read something which can be so hard. If when you question if the project or your vision is maybe not being executed properly, we always come back to taste. And there's a really great Ira Glass quote about taste. And I won't even attempt to to butcher it right now, but I highly (laughs) recommend if someone just Googles Ira Glass taste quote, it's a very well put thing about taste is acquired and it's not something that you can execute on right away. And the only way that you can get to a point of executing your taste properly is by trying and failing because you have to learn. And I learn nothing from someone's perfect piece of work. I really enjoy watching films or performances or reading scripts that are imperfect because I learn. because my brain goes, that's not right. And then I get to investigate that and say, why, why don't I think that's right? Why would, how would I have played that part? Or how would I have, you know, filmed that shot? and that is an example of taste. And so why why is it not my taste? And I think that the more you can understand your to- taste, <laughs> your toast, um, the more you can <laughs> the more you can understand your taste, the the closer you are to having the tools to articulate it. And so that is moving through this road of imperfection and consume things that are imperfect and discuss their imperfections. And I, I think that the, the bravery that goes with putting something out there that imperfect You're also doing someone else's service because they can take that in and they can learn. And mm. that's what the community is. We're supposed to grow and learn and be impressed, but also be like, why did they make that choice? How would I have done it differently? It, it all, it all bounces off each other.
0: Mm, so true. I always encourage people to go back through films that they didn't like and not stop watching when you don't like it or not jump to god that's shit and judge it like instead the the question of well why like what isn't resonating with you what's not working technically emotionally what doesn't work because there is there is so much wisdom in understanding why you don't like something it's almost easier to learn from something that you don't like than to learn from something that you do I feel Karina are you gonna read the quote for us
1: I think so um this is definitely my quote because I'm so wise uh no Ira Glass I believe you have to tell me correct me if I'm wrong nobody tells this to people who are beginners I wish someone told me all of us who do creative work we get into it because we have good taste
0: but there is this gap for the first couple years you make stuff it's just not that good I love that we're tag teaming I'm finishing the quote for you it's trying to be good It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we wanted to have. We all go through this. And if you were just starting out or you are still in this work, Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you will finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. You've just got to fight your way through. Ira Glass. Oh, I love
2: that. It's lovely. Like... And it changed. It totally changed my, my perception on the way I approach my work.
0: Yes. So true. I, that's beautiful. And what a perfect sort of button to this incredible episode with both of you. Um, I feel like there's so much to come. This is one of the first you know, this is the first time we will hear about your journey, certainly not the last. Um, but you, if you're in LA, must check out The Party Job. Um, also, help tell us where we can find more about your films, your projects, palindrome, everything, how we can keep up to date, because I know that everyone's going to want to jump on that.
1: Uh, Well, we have an Instagram account for our company. It's at palindromeprd for Palindrome Productions. Um, And each of us are on Instagram. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we don't have a website or anything at this stage. But, yeah, the film is on its final run of its festival circuit. We're very privileged to be playing at the Lady Filmmakers Festival in September, the end of September. So check it out if you're around. Highly recommend, you know, going out and supporting a a great local festival like that. It'll be a really nice night out. Uh, And eventually the film will find its place online, so probably end of this year. So we will be sharing on Palindrome PRD on Instagram where you can find it if you did miss it at the festival.
0: And you're at Karina Banno, right? And then at Rochelle Sorry, Bano, yes.
1: Right? yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm just Karina Banno and Rochelle Banno. We were able to lock those ones down. We're too popular. So uh, those <laughs> handles are about, where you can find um, us. That's how I feel about getting
0: Izzy Stevens, which I feel like I was like, it was really early on when Instagram was just starting out. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll grab Izzy Stevens. And then uh, thank, thank God I did right? Yeah. We, we got, we lucked out. We jumped on it at the right time.
1: I know. Wasn't there some, like, there was like the guy who initially had X as his Twitter handle was um, because now that Twitter is called X, I think that he, it was, it was like very valuable or something. And then I think X just took it off him and just disabled his ability to use it because it was, yeah
2: um well i, yeah, I no, better we... look out for when the rochelle bano platform comes out because whew, i'm gone Hot commodity. you're at a
0: dangerous risk there girl <laughs>
1: <laughs> it'll It'll. let's be honest they'll spell it rachel
2: not rochelle so
1: that's fine. uh-huh
0: yeah you're fine yeah <laughs> Um, well, I've got your Instagram handles for everyone. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here with me today and talking about your projects and opening up and telling us about your process. There's so much good coming, and I'm truly proud of you. And I'm so excited to see everything that happens over the next few years and decades. There's just so many big things coming. This is very exciting for me. How's your friend? Thank <laughs> and you. Thank twin. you. <laughs>
2: Yes, thank you, our sister, our newly acquired sister. Um, you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I really appreciate you taking the time with us today. We're, we're such fans of, I, it's obviously already, we've already gushed about what fans we are of you, but I'm such a fan of Indie Spunk and seeing what your community does. And so to be able to to have a, a little platform um, to to possibly become part of your community is just, so, so exciting, and um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where we can where we can take this in terms of collaborating, and and just yeah, I just love seeing what you're doing. So, thank you so so much for the opportunity. Oh, next yeah. year is proud our ten year.
0: Pr- proud of you, two, proud of you too, proud of you too. Next year is our uh, ten year friend anniversary.
2: Oh, I just realized. Oh, oh, and that's that's when we get citizenship into family. That's right. That's right. That's, that that's, right.
1: that's it. <laughs> you're gonna have to take a yeah. test yeah but,
2: <laughs> okay sorry. i'll take it <laughs> oh my god thank you guys for
0: being here and um we'll catch up with you really soon on the podcast. thank you for having us